Hey guys, and welcome back to No Name Los Angeles. This is episode three and a half, where I unpack the one where Jason comes to town. I know that last episode was a little bit shorter than normal. Um, I'm going to try to make them longer and put more stuff in there. So let's start. Okay, first, I want to talk about Lily chipping her teeth. I This was traumatic for me. And they were, when I say they were unfazed, they didn't care. I mean, she was going wild, obviously, but she went and jumped into a mosh pit because she thought it would be fun and came out and was like, oh my God, guys, guys, like almost in tears. And then she was like, my teeth, my teeth. And she smiled at us and Cher just started crying laughing. And then she started crying laughing. And she, she was like, oh my God, how bad is it? And I took a picture of it and she was like, oh shit. And then she went on and did all the other crazy shit. I was like, if that were me, if that were my teeth, I would be freaking the fuck out. She literally took the picture, looked at it, laughed and just went on, carried on, kept doing crazy shit. I was like, y'all go too hard what the fuck also i was at a college party and i just gotten out of college that year so i was like i shouldn't fucking be here and now this is happening it was just a lot it was a lot oh okay (laughs) this is actually one of my favorite parts of the last episode so when we went to karaoke okay first of all we went to karaoke and i was like oh i see like i'm for john and Marissa's for that dude and the other girls for that dude. And that uh, that just makes me cringe because I'm like, I literally have a boyfriend. Probably shouldn't be thinking like that. But the the best part to me was I Rude Boy Rude Boy and um what's the other Rihanna song? Love on the Brain. Go to karaoke songs, love them, love Rihanna, obsessed with everything she does. And just something in my brain thought that it would thought that it would be okay to sing rude boy and these guys are singing like like i said very basic karaoke songs like hamilton greece everything's very pg and then i'm like oh my god let's do rude boy by rihanna and we start and we're like a little bit we're like into it i'm like dancing like this is my thing i'm a terrible singer but i love to perform <laughs> and they were like traumatized. They were traumatized that we were doing this and I could just see it in their eyes. And it's like Marissa and I noticed at the exact moment that this was not okay for them. And we just like stopped performing and we're just like kind of singing it, but not really kind of like almost talking it. Like we were like, oh fuck, we just got to get through this because you can't stop the song halfway through for some reason. So we just had to get through it. We just had to do that. And it was oh my god it and the crazy thing is that that shouldn't be embarrassing i can go to karaoke with my friends now and sing rude boy and dance and fucking take my clothes off and like it's fun it's a good time but i think that just shows like the contrast of who i was like myself because i was trying to be like goody good like they were like they were very clean cut go to church every sunday and nothing wrong with that But I was just living a completely different life and I was trying to like fit into their life. And that was just like a little, that was probably like a red flag for them. They were like, oh, this is 
this is who she is. Got it, got it, got it. But yeah, it's like I was living a double life. I was a certain way around them. And then I would like go out with my friends and promoters and stuff and go wild and like actually have a good time. But I I still had fun with them. It was just more pure PG kind of stuff. And yeah, even, even the way that I'm describing the way that John acted was very like overexpressive and shocked by everything and kind of just Disney Channel-ish, if that makes sense. I don't know. So weird. Like, their whole vibe was just so different than the vibe I was used to. But what's weird is that we met them because they're friends with promoters. So why are they so different? You know what I mean? I don't know. Just weird, weird energy. And then weird energy at the agency. Like, okay, someone falls me I fall I fall all the time I still do my knees are scarred up like I'm just like that drunk or not I'm gonna fall at least once a day I'm gonna fall down the stairs I'm gonna trip over something I fall in my apartment all the time hit the walls my neighbors think that I'm getting beat up or something but yeah I so what I fall and I have a scab on my knee and they were just so like they weren't that's the thing they're very passive aggressive about everything Like, every agency I've ever been to is like that. They're so passive-aggressive about shit. Like, that happened, and then they never told me to come back to the agency two weeks later, like they said. Like, they just didn't. I think that they met me the first time, and my measurements were too big, and they were like, okay, we'll give her a couple weeks, see if she, like, loses weight, whatever. And then I come back, and I'm still not perfect for them, and so they kind of write me off. And that's just so shitty. Like, especially at that time, I was very skinny. But I have wide hip, I have childbearing hips. I have wide hip bones. Like, it's literally my bones. And, like, I'm curvy. Like, my waist goes in and then I have wide hips and that's just that. Like, I I feel like that's what people want to look like. But not in the modeling world. Because everything is done, like, by sample size. So, your hips need to be a certain measurement. Regardless if you look good or not, your hips have to be a certain measurement and... Yeah, that was just, ugh. And it is weird, like, being in a bathing suit or lingerie and hills, like, walking around this agency and, like, everyone's there looking at you. Like, it just feels very demeaning. And I didn't even see that at that time. I was just so focused on what they thought of me and if they liked me because everyone has to, like, suck up to their agents to get jobs and that just shouldn't be the case. Agencies act like, you work for them, but really they work for you. They're getting a percentage of what you make. So they should be working hard to make sure that you get jobs. But that's what they do. They take insecure girls and then try to make it like you work for them. They make you feel weird and there's a weird power dynamic and it's just really, it's just really messed up. And like I said before, it'll take three months for you to get paid, but they expect you to like be able to afford a gym membership, be able to afford healthy food to like live in a decent place and it's just literally impossible unless you just come from money and you can afford all of that and you're already doing that it's impossible so yeah I mean that's enough for my rant on agencies today but I will probably continue to rant about agencies because I just don't like the power dynamic I don't like that girls get into it when they're really young see most of the time what happens is girls get into it when they're really young before their body is fully developed so they're the perfect size when they're underage when they're like 16 17 and then 
they get a little bit older and they get boobs and they get hips and like their hips widen and then they're not the right size. So they have to starve themselves to stay the size they were before they were fully developed. And it's just, it messes with your mind. You're constantly being rejected. You're already going through changes and then you're already insecure and then you just get more insecure. It's just such a weird work environment. You don't have health insurance. You're, you, sometimes you have work all the time. Sometimes you literally never have work. Sometimes you have to find your own work through social media. I mean, the amount of work that you put in just to find and get jobs is not worth the pay that you get, if that makes sense. Okay, now I'm done ranting about that. So, at one point I said that um, me and Ethan only argue when we're apart. And first of all, that's not true. When we were apart, when he was gone for baseball, we never argued because he was gone and I was at home. And so I was living at home and I was in college just studying all the time. So he knew what I was doing and I was not really going out or doing anything crazy, but he was going out and doing whatever he wanted. So it was fine. And we never argued. But when I move somewhere and I'm going out and having a good time, now it's a problem. And we did argue when we were together. I mean, I remember this one night specifically, and we were at his friend's house, and his friend lived with his mom, and he got really drunk. Ethan did. I mean, not Ethan. I keep saying Ethan, but I mean Jason. Jason was my boyfriend at the time, not Ethan. I keep saying Ethan, sorry. Anyways, Jason, Jason got really drunk, and um, we were at his friend's house, and his friend lived with his mom. And we started arguing about something because we started arguing because I was upset about something. Like, just something random, like, triggered me, whatever. And he just starts, we're in, like, a room in the back of the house, and he just starts screaming at me. And he's basically just like, you're just so insecure, that's why you act this way. Like, why are you so fucking insecure? This isn't even a problem, it's you, it's your fault because you're insecure that's why we're having problems right now. That's why we're fighting. And he just went in on me, like telling me how insecure I I am. And the whole house heard it. Like his friend's mom came and talked to me afterwards about it, being like, he's just drunk. Like, it's okay. Because it was so bad. But she was like sticking up for him because it was his friend and he's known his friend's mom for years and years. And I don't know. It was just really bad. But I was at that point, I think I was just like kind of blind to it. You know how it is when you're in something toxic, you're blind to things people do. And that's what was happening there. So yeah, that was a lie. We fought when we were together. We fought when I was away, not when he was away. When he was away, it was all like, oh, I miss you, da 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 whatever. So yeah, that's a little more insight into how that was. Um, Let's see. Oh, also, I feel like I left this out. Um, Jason, he, last time I went and visited him in Florida, he was with a certain team. And the last day that I was there, the team dropped him. And they dropped him because he had a terrible attitude. Because he would come back and tell me the things he said to his coaches. And I said, you need to fix your attitude. This is a job. It doesn't matter how good you are. If you have an attitude, people are not going to want to work with you. And what happened? They dropped him. And so that's why he was coming to San Diego to try out for another team. All right, what else do we got? Oh, oh my God. 
Okay, so at this time, Lily and I were really getting into manifestation and affirmations and all that before we kind of understood how it worked. And now I do this thing called to be magnetic. And if you do it, you understand for manifestation to work, you have to change a lot of your subconscious beliefs about yourself and your life and what you think you deserve. And so at this point, we were just trying to man. And honestly, though, honestly, we did manifest a lot of stuff, but we were really into manifestation. And I just, I actually found I had this, so I wrote out my manifestation and my affirmations, and I had both of them taped onto my wall beside the bed, and I'm going to read them. So I wrote it like as if, as if it's already happened. All right, here we go. I am so grateful that I wake up with a full heart and a clear mind each day. I look around in my beautifully lit white apartment in LA that is filled with plants and smells of vanilla. I take my golden doodle on a walk before hopping in my purple G-Wagon to head to Hot Pilates. I am able to live this life because I make $500,000 a year. I am signed with the Lions in LA and IMG in New York. I have modeled for Victoria's Secret, Gus, Sports Illustrated, and CoverGirl. I also run a successful blog that has turned into a book deal. Netflix is even considering turning it into a TV show. I've attracted everything into my life and my dreams are coming true in ways I could have never imagined. I weigh a steady 130 pounds, 25 inch waist, 35 inch hips, and I am satisfied with my eating and workout routine. I not only excel in my career, but in my personal life as well. I am confident and deeply know that I deserve to accomplish my dreams. I meditate and say affirmations daily as well as volunteer weekly. I am surrounded by a wonderful group of friends, ones that are dreamers too. My life is busy because I seize each day as if it was my last. I am so grateful for this life that I live. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, okay. Honestly, I'm going to be nice to myself. A lot of that was really beautiful. And, you know, some of that is true. Some of it's true. Um, (laughs) but... I want to talk about, um, I weigh a steady 130 pounds, 25 inch waist, 35 inch hips. Okay. I am 6'1". If I weighed 130 pounds, that would be concerning. If my hips were 35 inches, that would be concerning. All of this stuff was me trying to fit into this industry and into this life, which is probably why a lot of it didn't come true because... It was really surface level stuff that my ego wanted, not what would actually make me happy. But yeah, it, you know, that's okay. Let's look at the affirmations. Let's just see what the affirmations are. Maybe these aren't too bad. I honor my desires by taking small, right actions in their direction. More and more good things are coming to me. I press on because I believe in my path. I let go and allow whatever I need to be presented to me. I am patient and I trust that I am being guided to what is of to what is of the highest good for all. My blissful thoughts give me what I want. Something truly amazing is in store for me today. All that I need is coming to me in ways I could have never imagined. I welcome new experiences, new challenges, and new opportunities to grow. I am worthy of what I desire. 
My greatest experience of freedom comes when I let go of what others think of me. I have infinite potential to accomplish my goals and dreams. Money comes easily and effortlessly. I choose to see the light that I am to this world. Okay, those are actually not that bad. I was expecting them to be like, I am skinny or something like that, but those actually weren't bad. Like, they were all basically about letting go and allowing what I need to be presented to me so I can grow and welcoming things and letting go of what other people think of me. Like, those affirmations were actually really good. Maybe I was on to something there. I honestly think that most of those I kind of do now. I don't say affirmations anymore, but um, I feel like... I feel like I kind of fulfilled a lot of those. Those are actually, those are actually good. I stand by those. Those are good. I don't, like I said, I don't say affirmations anymore, but I like those. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. I don't know. I literally had these taped to my wall and would read them every day. I don't suggest that because it becomes a weird obsessive thing. And the more obsessed you become with things, the more you push them away, I think. Okay, let's see. Okay. The other thing, the birthday book. So, it's actually called The Secret Language of Birthdays, and it's this astrology book, and it's just based on the day you were born, so it's not, it's really, it's just based on the day you were born. It's not like birth chart stuff, but I actually found it to be pretty accurate. I think that it's funny that it's like, you're going to expose yourself, and literally, what am I doing right now? So, hold on. I'm going to read a little bit of it. Let's find it. Okay. August 25th people have an overwhelming desire to re- to reveal themselves to others, whether it's public or in private. Those born on this day are capable of carrying secrets around with them for years, only to one day disclose or even flaunt them publicly. Most August 25th people are, by nature, exhibitionists of all types, but they can play the role of highly private people when it suits them. Wow. Um... That's literally exactly what I'm doing right now. Okay, let me see if there's any more that's good. Although they are generally blessed with active, intelligent minds, August 25th people are intensely physical, and it may come as a revelation to others that they are so sexually and emotionally bored. Those born on this day are not afraid to make their wishes known in a dramatic fashion, And in particular, an August 25th woman with her mind made up about a man is not easily denied or diverted. Both men and women born on this day know how to employ their best features to win a mate. Sometimes, however, because of a hidden inferiority complex concerning their background, intellectual, or social training, certain August 25th people will overemphasize their physical powers or attractiveness in a sort of overcompensating gesture to make up for their imagined deficits in the mental sphere. For this reason, vamps and playboys are not uncommon to this day. Yet, in fact, the real strength of August 25th people most most often does lie in the mental sphere, and the sooner they realize it, the better. Lessening their orientation towards physical matters allows for a more realistic choice of career, as well as a more accurate self-image. Okay, literally, that's just me wanting to be a model and it not being realistic, and me trying to use that. Whew, wow, this was a lot. I don't remember it being this accurate. Okay, let me see. <laughs> oh, August 25th people must discover their real talents, develop them, and have the courage to stand alone when necessary. If falling in love has become a self-destructive pattern, 
Those born on this day must use the next occasion as an opportunity to realize how they are deluding themselves. So this is accurate because like the case with Jason, falling in love was very self-destructive. I was in school and I would just like ditch school and go stay with him for two weeks and I romanticize everything and just throw myself into things because just because I really because I wanted to feel something. Yeah. Yeah. So this this all makes sense. But yeah, I think it's kind of crazy that it's um that it's called the day of the unbashed extrovert. Yeah. Um so yep, that's me obviously carrying around secrets and then revealing them. That's what I'm doing right now and I know that I haven't most of it's been about like me and my story, but we need a little bit of background until we get into the real stuff because a lot of different celebrities or people or whatever are involved in these stories, but I want y'all to, you know, get to know me before we get into that. Okay, let's get back to Jason. So when we go to sushi and he was so pissed at me and so angry and then he gets around his friends and he's like, oh my God, hey, how are you? And like, da, 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 and like, just so charismatic and whatever he he did that like he did that even before this he would be that way around his friends so charismatic everyone loved him life in the party and then he would get around my friends or my family and not say a single word not a single word like didn't even try it was just so weird how he would switch up like that Ugh, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a huge red flag. Like if they don't try with your friends or family and then they're super charismatic around their friends and family, there's something going on there. And honestly, I don't think they give a fuck about you if they do that. I really don't. I think this whole episode just kind of shows like the contrast between, or not the contrast, it just kind of shows how I just kept like changing myself and how I was acting to like appease others. Like the John Johnson friend group, I was trying to be like all goody two shoes and like not really drink around them and stuff like that. And then around Jason, like we, I was trying to act in a way that made him feel comfortable. The only time I was really myself or I felt like myself is when I was with Lily and we were going out and having a good time and meeting new people. I only felt really like myself around like new people that didn't really have any shame and were having a good time. So yeah, I mean, and I did that for years. I was kind of like a chameleon and like I would be kind of shy around like the John Johnson group or even around like Jason. But when I went out with promoters and met new girls and stuff, I was so nice and forthcoming and welcoming and would crack jokes and actually felt like myself. Like I always thought I was just introverted, but really I think I was just around the wrong people or maybe didn't want to disappoint people but um I'm tired of doing that and I got tired of doing it and I stopped doing it so now it's just kind of what you see is what you get and I'm jealous of people that have always been like that and I wish I would have started sooner so um really that wraps it up for this episode next week episode is going to be a doozy uh just prepare yourself for that so as always if you guys want to talk to me, Instagram and TikTok is No Name Los Angeles Podcast. Email is No Name Los Angeles Podcast at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, rate, review, subscribe, send to a friend. And, anyways, thank you guys for listening. And I will talk to you on Monday.